Hello and welcome Behind the Marquee, the podcast where we talk about everything inside and outside the world of art house and independent cinema. My name is Nick Aldrink. I am the programming and media coordinator coordinator at the Michigan and State Theaters. I am joined by two guests who also work with me. Please tell us who you are and what you do. Hey, my name is Nadim Persigosh-Mass and I am one of the house managers at the State Theater. Uh, yeah, hi. I'm Sarah Erlewine. I am the marketing manager and the interim acting head of marketing and programming while our supervisor, Ariel Wad, is on maternity leave. Shouts out to Ariel Wad. <laughs> Who had a nine-pound baby. So, Godspeed, Ariel, if you're listening to this. She might be. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so, thank you both for coming back on the podcast. Uh, today, we are doing our fall movie preview there is a lot, a lot, a lot to talk so about <laughs> coming to the Michigan and State Theater, but also just getting released in general. Um, so let's just get right into it. Uh, this Friday, I'm gonna. Uh, we have a lot to talk about here. We can, we can, we can delve deeper on some and less on others. But let's just start this Friday, the the day this podcast is getting released. A Star Is Born is now playing at the State Theater. Bum bum bum. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, no, everybody's pretty excited for this one. Mm-hmm. I I think what's the sort of feedback that you guys are hearing from the the crowds that come in? We've gotten a couple calls. Uh uh I think one person has asked about it, you know, cuz uh we put we sometimes put uh, upcoming movies on our marquee, right? Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. are like, "Are you playing this now?" Right? Can and I just walk in them, right at this moment? No, but no, but very we're trying soon. to get you excited for it, so exactly. I'm glad to see it's worked. Yeah, yeah. This is Bradley Cooper's. Uh, it's his directorial debut, correct? Correct. We've talked about yeah. this. Yeah. The, so this is uh, the, the plot synopsis: the classic Hollywood tale. It gets its third remake, this time directed by co-star Bradley Cooper. And then Lady Gaga plays an aspiring singer-songwriter who is mentioned and seduced by a washed-up country singer. I have never heard anyone say <laughs> Lady Gaga. Is that is that a thing? I don't know. That's just it how is I, now. That's, I that's, like that's... it. Let's take it and run with it. You know what was the most surprising bit of information in that little blurb that you just read for me? Yeah. That it's the third remake. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought there were only three, but then I realized I learned that there was an original dramatic version before... The first musical version, which starred Judy Garland. Oh, there was a... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the fourth Star is Born. Oh, okay. It is the third remake. The third remake. Oh, yeah. that's key key wording. Yeah, there. I, didn't, I didn't realize that, that was no. One, I didn't realize there was likewise one that, that was brand new information for me. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's a timeless story, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It story really of is. A washed up country singer recruiting a hot young new talent. <laughs> And the complexities of human relationships that go into that. It sounds like a country song itself. It, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like the movie basically writes itself and it yeah. did because it's the third remake. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is our Mackenzie's. This, is, this was her favorite film that she saw at TIFF and she brought it up, mm. I think, a couple episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. We were talking about it. And That's high the, praise. Just watching the trailer, I think this is one where the uh, the soundtrack is going to be just as popular as the film itself. This, the the songs in the trailer were very catchy. Do you know I, who wrote the music for it? Not off the top of my head. Yeah, I should, I should have, have we should have looked up. that up before we started this. Yeah, but I I agree. I think that it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's gonna play pretty well, and mm-hmm. I think that provided it's not a disaster, which it doesn't seem like it's going to be. I think mm-hmm. she's probably a, a shoe in for a nomination. Yeah, just yeah. because the award giving bodies tend to love celebrities who mm-hmm. change their <laughs> roles and, and take a different approach. Yeah, this Lady Gaga is really going places. Lady Gaga, I'm afraid. 
She also made a she made some uh, comment that if she were to she likes acting and if, and if she would ever to if she would ever act again it would only be with a director at least of the caliber of Bradley Cooper. So wow. she had a, she had a lot to say about Bradley Cooper as a but director. But he was her first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does she know? No, I'm sorry. She, 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 she might. She, she's been in the the American Horror Story. Oh, that's, uh, true. that's she, true. She's yeah. worked with but Ryan that's Murphy. That's television, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Yeah, but, and it's uh, Ryan acting, Murphy acting nonetheless. <laughs> I have nothing to say about Brian Brian Ryan Murphy. Ryan Ryan Murphy. So I watched Glee. That's all. Oh, I have that's him. That. Yeah, that's, that's him. Really? Yeah. Did he do that TV show? Or no, no. What was it? A TV show? Whose name? I just I just forgot. You can cut this out. No, okay. I don't want you to cut this part out. <laughs> yes, he did, probably. Popular? What do I think? Pose. I don't know anything about that one, I so I can't That's, comment. Yeah. Hmm. Never mind. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, Star is Born. Uh, yeah, so that is playing now. That is now the, playing. As of the time you're listening mm-hmm. to this. So, also, uh, opening uh, next week, then, we'll keep moving, uh, First Man. And that is uh, the... From uh, La La Land director Damien Chazelle, he reteams with Ryan Gosling for this riveting biopic about astronaut Neil Armstrong and his race to be the first man to walk on the moon. And this one is already uh, courting some controversy because it's it leaves <laughs> out the scene where he actually puts the American flag <laughs> on the moon. Does it leave out the scene where they arrive on the moon? It just leaves out the moon entirely. It's a <laughs> really? really strange Does it choice. Really? No. <laughs> oh. It would be great if they just cut to black, like, just before his foot touches the surface of the moon. Just all of the lead not... up and then doesn't deliver? Yeah, well, it's not about the destination, is it? It's about no, the it's journey. about the journey. You're right. Yes, well said. Well you know what really struck me, actually, about uh, I watched the trailer for First Man? Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've seen Ryan Gosling look aged. No, you know what? Yeah. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, God, he looks like an adult He's now. He's getting older. Like, I remember watching him in, like, uh, Blue Valentine, the yeah. right? with Michelle Williams yes. and he's like you know like a kid and now he's now he's a real old mm. guy now I mean not that old no yeah no. it's definitely true he's, his, yeah. he's, he's playing a dad yeah, he's like, playing a family it man. makes me think like he's gonna become what like George Clooney is now yeah I think that's his goal yeah, yeah. yeah that is a great comparison yeah, Ryan, yeah, watch out, George Clooney. Well, I mean, you know, George Clooney <laughs> George will Clo- be dead by yeah. the time Ryan Gosling gets there. But it just makes me think, like, all these formerly these young actors no, are yeah. surprisingly getting older. Well, what's terrifying for me is I am such an age that he, I remember when he joined the Mickey Mouse Club because I was still <laughs> watching that show and aging out of it. And yeah. he came in as the new young thing. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm too old for this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now he's looking like an old man. Yeah, yeah. This the um, this is going to be a, it's a historical epic that I think it's going to. I think I mean I, epic in that I think it's two and a half hours in runtime. It's oh a, it's it's a, that's it's a, a long sizable movie. movie. And I think that this is one that's going to gather those young fans of Gosling in the previous La La Land, and then uh, uh, probably an older crowd more interested in the story of yeah. the moon landing. I, I think remember this... watching the actual moon landing. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be a huge draw. And Damien Chazelle hasn't really had a miss yet. Yeah. At least uh, popularly. I know uh, he did Whiplash and then La La Land, and then those were both pretty cl- critically acclaimed. And then this one looks like it's just going to be just going to do just as well for him, I suspect. Yeah. 
First Man, check out the trailer for Is that. that playing at the Michigan or the state? It's playing at the Michigan, Ooh. actually. It's opening on the 12th, and then we are doing a special screening of it on October 16th. Uh, so one of our programs is a the Coolidge Corner Theater and the Sloan Foundation put on a Science on Screen program, when, mm-hmm. and we we're lucky enough to get a grant for that. And so this is actually our first selection for that this year. So we're going to have a special guest um, whose name is Mark Moldwin. And he is the head of the NASA Space Consortium in Michigan. And he's going to come in and talk about it. On October 16th? On October 16th. Wonderful. At hmm. 7 o'clock p.m. at the Michigan Theater. Are tickets on sale for that as of this posting of the podcast Friday? Yes. 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 So uh, check out our website for that. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the first man, October 12th. Colette is going to open on October 12th on o- October twelfth as well. Uh, this is starting. Is that one at the state? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that stars Kira Knightley. Uh, the, after, after moving to Paris, author Sidoni Gabriel Collette agrees to ghostwrite a semi-autobiographical novel for her husband. Its success soon inspires her to fight for creative ownership and overcome the societal constraints of the early 20th century. I have to tell you that blurb did absolutely nothing for me when I read it. <laughs> and then I watched the trailer mm-hmm. and I loved it. Yes, Kira Knightley, this is one of those uh it's based on a true story, a British costume drama, and she does really well in this genre. She does. She's she, got the perfect face for it. Like uh, Pride and Prejudice, she did um Well, she looks like English royalty. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she does. So I suspect this one would be pretty popular as well. Yeah, especially, you know, in the context of sort of all of the national conversations about men and women and gender roles and rights and mm-hmm. freedoms. And it's kind of a it, it might seem sort of slight, but a woman getting to tell her story and the women getting to read their stories mm-hmm. is kind of really key and, mm-hmm. and, and looks just really engaging and interesting. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that one. Yeah. And that's going to be opening at the state. Uh, and then uh, The Old Man in the Gun is also on October 12th, and this is from David Lowry. Uh, it stars Robert Redford, John David Washington, Sissy Spacek, Tom Waits, and Casey Affleck. Who doesn't love getting a chance to see Tom Waits on screen? <laughs> and Sarah, I want you to tell your little bit of history <laughs> with this. Yeah, your, so your, it's, your not actually, it's not actually about this movie, but it is a true It is true. That my uh, great grandfather was also a gentleman bandit. <laughs> this is actually true. I have newspaper clippings about it in the 1920s in Chicago. And so when this, I first read about this, I shouted to Nick in the other room. I was like, "This is about my grandpa." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, but this not really. But this mm-hmm. is based on a true story, and uh, and it looks it looks pretty fun and charming. Uh, it plays looks... on Robert Redford you know gifts it looks well. charming as hell like really like, charming the, the 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 plot at the age of 74 tucker makes an audacious escape from san quentin conducting conducting an unprecedented string of heists that confound the authorities and and, and enchant the public as you said he's a, a a gentleman bank robber he robs banks and people when people comment when the authorities show up, oh, he was a nice fellow. He, See, he said please and he said thank right, you. Right, that's what, if you read the news articles about my, my great-grandfather, they're like, yeah, you know, he took everything that I had, but he was just so nice about it that I couldn't be mad. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that exact, like, those lines basically are echoed throughout the trailer for this one. That sounds really fun. Isn't that? 
And this is that a, that's, that's a great story to have in the family. It's reported to be Robert Redford's last film as well. Though hasn't he said he's regretted? He's saying regretted that saying that. Already. But uh, I think he's probably. If, if, if this film does well, I wouldn't be surprised if this is how he wants to wants to go out. But again, this is from a director who has had a, a couple of good string of films. Da- David Lowry, he did Ain't Them Body Saints and go- A Ghost Story yeah. last year. It seems oh, like right. a ghost pretty story. big difference yeah. from Ghost Story. Really yeah. big. Yeah. Yeah, Ghost Story was very quiet and it was very, uh, I mean, methodical isn't a good word for it either, but very ethereal. Very, very interesting movie. That was that was the film at uh, Casey Affleck. He was a ghost in a white bedsheet, and he was people loved it. Yeah, it played really well for mm-hmm. us. And of course, John David Washington just coming off of a great run with Black Klansman, Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Denzel Washington's son, which I did not yes, know. Yes, I didn't know that either. That was a, a good uh, really. Yeah, that we didn't know <laughs> he, it. He looks and sounds exactly. He does. Like, like him. once you know it, then it, yeah, you do feel a little dumb. Mm-hmm. But yeah. before that, I no, I hadn't put it together. So some other October titles, and I guess moving on from here, anything that we say is playing at the Michigan or State, take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because things do change. Uh, other th- other stuff that we have coming in October. One is tea, a tea with dames, <laughs> and which is just what you think it is. Really, it is, I it mean, is. it's oh literally what you think it is. This is a documentary starring Judy Dench, Maggie Smith, Eileen Atkins, and Joan Plowright, and it's the just dames. The, the the dames, the titular dames, and they're sitting <laughs> they're sitting having tea, and they just turn the cameras on and let them talk. Perfect. Wait, wait, wait. They're so this isn't fictional? No, this no. is not. Okay. This is actually So this them. is this is basically the trip movies with, yes. with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. <laughs> yes, exactly. With <laughs> Judy Dench and But with seventy year old ladies <laughs> yeah. who yeah. everybody loves. I mean, no, it's the trailer is extremely charming. I sure. I, I I suspect uh, I uh I'll, I'll post that as uh, with this episode as well because I think that I found the trailer to be very uh, intriguing. And also, this is I found a review. This is from uh, Glenn Weldon. He's uh, he works with NPR and he's on the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast. It's a a lengthy a lengthy review. So let me just get out of here. Of tea with dames. Of uh, yeah, this is for a tea How with dames. How long of a review Ooh, could you? Tea with dames. <laughs> this is just this is just a fraction of it. So it says. For reasons, for reasons bef- best left to anthropologists, we as a species seem particularly fond of the four-part taxonomy. Perhaps we take our cue from the natural world. Earth, air, fire, water, spring, summer, fall, winter, northeast, southwest. The ancients, fi- <laughs> the ancients figured the best way to understand what today we call personality types was to look, was to, look to bo- bodily fluids because they were, as a people, just hella gross. Black bile, phlegm, blood, and yellow bile. It seems to be a hardwired into us this need to divide people with their seething slumgullion of thoughts and moods and fears and fondness into four neat quadrants. Today, of course, we're we're much too sophisticated and hygiene conscious to think blood or snot, much less black bile, ew has much guidance to offer on the question of personality. No, today we're, we're much more scientific, more rigorous, more grounded in what, ru- in what truly matters, and when we divide ourselves into four archetypes, we're just plain smarter about it. We're Carrie's, Miranda's, Charlotte's, and Samantha's. We're Hannah's, Marnie's, Jess's, and, and Shoshana's. We're John Paul's, George's, and Ringo's. We're Gryffindor's, Ravenclaw's, Hufflepuff's, and Slytherin's. Until now, all of that 
Everything that came before us, Spring and Snots, Mirandas and Marnies, Ringos and Ravenclaws, that's all over, that's done, that's canceled, because with the release of a delightful, delicate, delicious, crustless, <laughs> crustless finger sandwich of a film called Tea with Dames, a bitter, truer tax- taxonomic structure has revealed itself to humanity. Today and henceforth, we are Maggie's and Eileen's and Judy's and Joan's. Goodness. <laughs> so which, so which one of those who? women are, is, is the black bile? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish he had really gone further with this. Oh, he did go further with oh, this. Okay. That, that is oh, just my. what I read there. Uh, that is one of the most NPR reviews that I is, think I've ever I, seen. For a brief period of time, I thought perhaps you had stumbled on a research paper instead. <laughs> the editor but, must really love that guy. Yeah, let him gotta, get away with everything. Yeah. So, yes, Tea with Dames, I suspect it to be very charming. And we'll play at the Michigan in October, yes, but we don't have a date we don't for have that a one date yet. For it, yeah. Mm. Uh, moving right along, Lizzie, that is the Lizzie Borden biopic. Lizzie Borden took an axe. Gave her mother 40 wax. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Come on. Just to let you know, that's the story. And this is a film I saw at Sundance. Uh, oh, this, okay. Yeah, this is a film. Uh, I, I liked it. I, I, did you? I, I did. I'm, I, I'm I don't a, believe you. I, I liked it. It wasn't the greatest thing I saw at Sundance, but um, it is... The trailer for it is very well. That oh, you, it is you, actually you, a really good it trailer. It is a really great trailer. And I suspect that it's probably been recut since I saw it at Sundance as well because that's just kind of what how things happen mm-hmm. there. Uh, this stars, I'm going to say her name wrong, Chloe Sevigny. Sevigny, Sevigny I think. Sevigny. Is she says. And Kristen Stewart. Chloe plays Lizzie Borden. And Kristen Stewart plays the house guest or their housemaid that was, in, that was involved in the murder as well. And this takes, uh, it's a little bit, at least it tries to be fair to the. I to think the that the Borden. housemaid is a fictionalized character, isn't she? I, I've. I, do, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I guess I, I don't know the Lizzie no. Borden story that well, but um, the the murder is just the end of the film. This this sure this uh, I say that because I don't want expectations to be different. Because I, I walked in this film expecting like a movie about the murder. And it really doesn't show up until like the last half hour of the film. And I think that may be why I walked out of it a little, I would say, I, I guess underwhelmed. I was uh, underwhelmed. But this is, it's a character piece of, of Lizzie Borden, I guess, the psychology of, uh, of who she was. And I think it's going to be, it, it is, the, yes, the trailer was very well done. And I suspect mm-hmm. it to be pretty, pretty interesting as well. I suspect people will like it. Seems very uh, human. Yes. Mm-hmm. The human tale of wanting to murder your family for, <laughs> for repressing you. Interesting. <laughs> I've who, learned who, much who about Nadim just now. <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, let's talk a little bit about that. November Ooh. 2nd is when it gets released, and this is the... Uh, this film has had a a had a, a bit lot of, of ups and downs. A lot of ups and downs. The film it was originally slated to have Sasha Baron Cohen play uh, Freddie Mercury, but and that was years ago. That was like three or four years ago. This thing has been in production limbo for a while, and now Rami Malek, who and what TV show is he in? Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Uh, he's playing. He's taking on the role. Who I do love. I mean, mm-hmm. he's amazing in Mr. Robot, and I think that he has the right look for it. Certainly can't possibly have the right voice, but mm-hmm. I guess they can. technology as, can get you around that as, a lot. All you need is the right charisma. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, and that 
I, I do. I think he's a fantastic actor, but I don't know that he's got the right charisma. Mm-hmm. I'll be curious to see. Um, but um, it also went through some more challenges because Brian Singer was directing it, mm-hmm. made it about a third halfway into it, and then a bunch of stuff went down, and it's never been quite clear. But he was taken off the project. Mm-hmm. And who did they bring in to finish this one up? I don't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I want to just add, a, my, my default is always to want to say that it was, um, oh, what's his face? Who came in to do solo? Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron Howard. <laughs> <laughs> just Ron Howard did everything. He fixed everything. <laughs> it's interesting to me that the original choice for Freddie Mercury was Sasha Baron Cohen, right? right? <laughs> because he's not really known for being like a charismatic front man no he's like a chameleon sort of person right but he does have a great singing voice does he does he, he do- how do yes. you know have you, i take it you guys <laughs> Where does he never sing? you guys never saw sweeney todd oh, oh he was yeah. in sweeney yeah. todd oh, you're right yeah. i forgot about he's that. the only yeah. one who could actually sing in that yeah. cast <laughs> oh and he was in les mis as well yeah uh-huh. yeah because yeah, he, he was master of the house yep, yep yep yeah no he actually can sing quite well mm-hmm. the only I, I i i fear that this film might be a little too on the nose where this it's I don't like the trailer. I don't like no, the trailer. No, I'm not crazy about the trailer. I, I don't like the film is called Bohemian Rhapsody. I mm. <laughs> but the but the the I suspect that I I just I want this film to show how true artists Freddie uh, what a true artist Freddie Mercury and the rest of Queen were. And I I like that part of the trailer was that you do do you do see the labors that they took to produce just that one song. On that album, I think mm. that the uh, the the it took them just as long to r- write and record that song alone as the rest of that album. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because oh, you 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 hear like the, the the genius of of studio musicians like Brian Wilson and the Beatles. They they're very laborious mm-hmm. uh, in in the time that they took them to produce films in the studio. And Queen isn't thought uh, in in that in that right, circle. which is unfair because they really. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of Queen, yeah, and yeah. their music is exceptional. And like I said, I like Rami Malek. I want it to be good, but I have to admit that I've got a lot of concerns. Mm-hmm. It looks uh, the trailer does make it look like a pretty typical music biopic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked it up actually yeah. um, about the director, uh-huh. and it looks like, like like you said, Sarah, halfway through production, Brian Singer was fired, and an English actor and director named Dexter Fletcher. Is the new director? Mm. I'll show you guys his picture. <laughs> oh, he looks uh, British. Yeah, he, he's a, yes. you've probably seen him in a couple of things, but apparently, due to the rules of the Directors Guild of America, he will be uncredited. And so, oh, Brian really? Singer is the only credited director. Really? That yeah. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to to watch the movie, knowing that it was made by two different, very different people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll be really curious to see it, and uh, and and then to wonder if it. If it isn't great, if it mm-hmm. has some some problems tonally, how much of that is because, I mean, I, I doubt they went back and reshot a lot. I'm sure that they used what they already had mm-hmm. and then just built from that. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Suspiria. Suspiria uh, gets uh, released on November 2nd. This is from director Luca Guadagnino, who we previously did... Um, Call me by your name. Call me by your name. That's yeah. it. Have I'm very think? excited for this. One. I am yeah. too. The the score. It looks great. Yeah, this is the remake of Dario Argento's 1977 film, and Tom York is doing the music 
on it. Very interesting choice. The mm-hmm. the 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 music. He's trying in- to be Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh no! I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> Tom's a musician too. I know he is, but I just you know, Johnny Johnny's the one who's been doing all of the the scores yeah. lately. So. Yeah, he's Paul Thomas Anderson's boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. The the, the a, a really really great trailer. I it is an ex- yeah. It's an exceptionally good trailer. It's it's a it's like a throwback trailer. Oh, it no, it, like, it feels just like a nineteen seventies yeah. horror yeah. movie. It does. Yeah. It's it's the production design. I think really nails the tone. Yeah, and that stars Dakota Johnson. Um, I didn't write down the rest of the Tilda cast. Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Uh, yes. Chloe Grace Moretz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I I'm. Uh, I'm surprised that's getting a November 2nd release. Seems strange to miss the October window for yeah. that one. I mean, that's I, the type of thing people like to see before Halloween. I suspect that they don't want to pigeonhole themselves as a horror film, as they like, get lost in the rest of these October mm-hmm. horror films. I suspect that this is going to be something that is going to be up for awards. Sure. So I think they want to they want to they want to make sure they hit that as well. They don't want you to just see it as a horror film right. because it, it looks beautiful. It does. And I've heard that it's not really a remake, but more of a reimagining. Okay. Yeah. Which is more fun, I yeah. think. You know, you don't want to go and see a shot for shot, especially something as sort of iconic and well-loved as mm-hmm. the original Suspiria. Yeah. If you're just looking for somebody else to do the exact same shots, the exact same plot, the exact same tone, you might as well just watch the original one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly. And so for the sake of time, we have a... Uh, do you have the, yeah? We have a few more that um, that are going to be come out in November. Which ones are you most excited for? I guess uh, I, I, I either something that we've talked about or something else that you 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 think that we should really hit. Me, I am really excited for Under the Silver Lake. Me too. I am too. Yeah, so let's, which I was let's not all, let's expecting. All, let's all collectively <laughs> collectively agree that Under the Silver Lake uh, that 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 has a December seventh release, and this is the from uh, director Robert David Mitchell. David Robert. David Robert. David Mitchell. David Robert Mitchell, who previously did It Follows. Yeah. Um, Breakout. And this is like a neo neo noir detective story starring Andrew Garfield. But it could also be a man just losing his mind. Yeah. It's kind of unclear. <laughs> To me, it looks like it's it's a bit of a if if um, if David Lynch did a like it looks like a David look it has aspects of a, of a David Lynch story but lighter yeah with more mm-hmm. of a sense of humor yeah. and uh, and irony and well, what it seems it's doing. kind of like a homage to the Big Lebowski oh very much yes it's I didn't ve- think about that yeah. it's very much an L A film yeah. Um, uh, like a, a strange charm to it. Yes, yeah, maybe that's what it is. I I was not expecting much because I was like, oh, it's gonna be probably some heavy, you know, suspense sort of, <laughs> you know, wannabe. And then mm-hmm. it's the the trailer plays much more just engaging, and and the music choices in it mm-hmm. are fantastic. Uh, our our friend Tyler Walzak would uh, would be angered with us if we didn't bring up Boy Erased that has a uh, a release on November twenty first. That's from writer director Joel Ed, uh, Edgerton. Uh, this is a story of a of a of a gay conversion program. It Which is the second one this year. Yeah, yeah. M- the miseducation of Cameron Post. Yep. Um, Tyler called it his. His sad, his sad boy double feature, talking about <laughs> boy erased and beautiful boys starring Timothee Chalamet. Yeah, I, I was actually reading in the Art House Convergence group. Another theater was talking about 
uh, doing a double feature of that as well, like booking both at the same time. That's and a great just, idea. And just expecting a whole lot of confusion as people come in. I want to go to <laughs> that boy movie. <laughs> which, which depressing boy movie would you like today? <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, oh, well, I mean, yeah. So so in addition to being about a gay conversion yeah. uh, therapy, it stars really great actors. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's uh, Russell Crowe. And Nicole Kidman and Lucas Hedges, who and had such a huge year last year with yeah. Lady Bird and with what's the other one he was in Manchester by the Manche- Sea. Manchester by the Sea was before that was two yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? yeah 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 so anyway so yeah he's uh, he's got a nice career going he's the new Ryan Gosling isn't he? yeah he's, <laughs> now that now that Ryan Gosling's gone and gotten old yeah, on us Ryan Gosling's old news. Uh, one I'm looking forward to a lot is The Favorite. Me too. The new yeah. Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Mm-hmm. I really love his work. Uh, the Lobster, which we showed was so uh, a few years ago at yeah. the Michigan. And I remember uh, <laughs> I was working front of house then. And I remember uh, we had like a very large crowd for some special screening. We yeah, were doing. it was uh, for our Cinetopia um, direct from Sundance. Yeah. yeah. And I remember listening to people walking out and... I, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a movie that was more divisive than that one. People mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. totally I down on it. I loved it. To- people who totally loved it. I definitely totally loved it. I think he makes movies unlike any other director mm-hmm. working yeah. today. And I'm really looking forward to what he's going to do for 18th century England. Right. So I do think this one will be a little more accessible for the audiences. Is, like, you think so? Well, I, I do. <laughs> only because The Lobster, for those of you who didn't see it, was about a sort of alternate universe where if you could not match up with a partner, you would get turned into an animal of your choice. Mm-hmm. That, I think, was a little hard for people to go with. But this is actually about Queen Anne, who played by Olivia Colman. It's actually a lot, a lot of people who were in Lobster. Olivia Colman yeah. and uh, Rachel Weisz is back. with it. And um, anyway, I just think that there's a little bit more of a, a normal setting. It looked, sure. it looked like it might play a little bit more like Death of Stalin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's which, a good comparison. Uh, which people... Responded to really well. That was mm-hmm. uh, that was another uh, Cinetopia presents direct from Sundance mm-hmm. pick from this year. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely ridiculous, but and I I'm a big absurdist. Yeah, fan, that's, so. just, that, that's yeah. That was, uh, lobster was absurd. It was deadpan. It mm-hmm. was very British. Very, very, very British. Oh man. Very dark. And there was a dead dog in it, which people which people don't yeah. get over. Okay, so uh, before we wrap the wrap up this episode, we're gonna unless yeah, do you have anything else more to say? Anything else more to bring up? No, I think no. Uh, it makes me very excited for the fall movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna me be too. busy, 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 busy fall. Very busy fall season. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna get to our movie magic moments of the week, and this is where we uh, talk about something that we can re- recommend to you, um, uh, something that we've seen recently that reminded us why we love. Watching movies and television. How do you want to get started? Yeah, so uh, technically this isn't a movie. It's a limited series on Netflix. It's called Maniac. Uh, I love this show. Um, I recently finished it, and there's a moment in the third episode. Uh, I, I guess I should introduce the show. It's a. It's set in like an alternate reality where technology hasn't really progressed past the 90s in a very strange way. Yeah. It's almost like a it's like a Philip K Dick adaptation but it's not based on any Philip <laughs> K Dick novels. Uh, but anyway, inspired. uh Jonah Hill and Emma Stone star in it and they are in a pharmaceutical drug trial and uh the drug trial is run by this supercomputer uh that administers 
it, it influences their dream states. Uh, but the moment I want to talk about is in the third episode. And uh, I think what happened was the writers wanted to show a software glitch. But I think they took a really unique way of showing that. I feel like any other writer would have just had the characters say a glitch has happened. Mm -hmm. But what happens is the supercomputer, which is sort of anthropomorphized, starts crying. And you watch as the tears ripple down the, the sort of LED lights that line its face and rail across, across the floor and cause this little drip of solder to drop onto these two wires. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's such an amazing way to show a software anomaly mm -hmm. by showing an actual computer crying <laughs> and causing their hardware to malfunction. And I just thought it was one of the most amazing things I've seen this year. And that computer is played by Sally Field. Yes. yes. Oh. Yeah. An amazing show, Maniacs on Netflix. Please watch it. I am, yes. I'm glad to hear that because I saw the trailer for it and I wasn't sold on it. But that sounds I, like I wasn't either by the trailer, yeah. but I watched it. I've got a few episodes left and I, I'm very much enjoying that show as well. Yeah. I... I think maybe this show's not the greatest show I've ever seen, but what they were able to do with just one limited season of television mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, with their production budget is at least up there with anything Hollywood makes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who mm -hmm. did the first season of True Detective, mm -hmm. and oh, he, sure. it's really some of like, the best direction work I've seen on television. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I described that that show to somebody. It, it it is its own thing, so I don't I don't like comparing it to something else because this show really is its own thing. Mm -hmm. But to me, it reminded me a lot of Inception meets Cloud Atlas. Oh. That's kind of how it, that's kind of how I saw it. I, I I again, it is its own thing, and you should watch it. It is a, a truly original story. Mm -hmm. But well, it's actually based on a Norwegian TV show. Oh, I didn't know that. It is, it is but, not uh, so original yeah. after all. <laughs> but it's it's only in the premise and not really the mm -hmm. characters of the what happens okay. in the show. Fair enough. Sarah, what about you? Mine is also a Netflix limited series. Really? Actually, uh, I am in the middle of watching American Vandal season yes. two. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, ooh, I have made it through six episodes of an eight-episode series, mm -hmm. and I love so much about it. And what? I, but what I love right now <laughs> is how excited I am to watch the rest of this show. Yeah. And you know, like we finished episode six last night, and I like I had to go to bed. I had you know it was too late. It because I knew when you're that close. If I had watched the penultimate episode, I would have watched the finale yeah. too. You know, and then I was going to be in for more TV than I needed. And uh, and that that excitement of of waiting to see what happens is one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy with binge watching television <laughs> lately to just oh, to satisfy that that mm -hmm. urge so quickly that it's I, I've just been like sitting around thinking about it all day mm -hmm. and like trying to talk to people about it. Nobody else is watching it. So I'm <laughs> glad to find you guys. It's incredible. Yeah. Have you finished? I've season? finished season two. Uh, I think it, just like season one before it, it is one of the only shows I've seen that actually knows how kids talk to each other. It's so good. And how and they that's, interact. I was saying that to our coworker, Taylor, actually, just this morning. Like, I've never seen such good high schoolers. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not I mean, overly they witty. Are they're not. children, right? It, <laughs> yeah. It's all casted with, you know, Los Angeles yeah. children. But they're, they know what's up. Oh, it, yeah. it seems like the production team had a lot of. Uh, back and forth with the crew, yeah. or not the crew, with the cast about how they actually live their lives and right. base the episodes around that. Yeah, no, like, because there's a, a bit with some bullying on social media. Yeah. And um, 
And I did. I, I went to Reddit after because I just wanted to see what, how people were responding to it. And they were like, that is exactly how it happens now. It's not mm-hmm. overly cruel. It's not exactly. really violent. Yeah. It's just you were continually teased about this thing. And, yeah. and, it's, and it's out there now. People are always looking at it. And yeah, it's like this banal cruelty yeah, exactly. that kids do to each other That's now. exactly and it. And American Vandal totally nails it. Yeah, plus it's an amazing send-up of true crime mm-hmm. and things like – like the first season was so just a blatant, you know, play on serial. And then this one mm-hmm. is making a murderer. Mm-hmm. And you can see they're just so aware <laughs> of what is going on in in pop culture in terms of these conversations about these crimes. And, and they, they play on them. And they play on them in such ridiculous ways. Like if, if you actually say what the crimes are – uh, like this one is the turd burglar. Like yeah, it's because it's season number two, <laughs> right? Exactly. No, it's, it's genius. And it's in so all of genius. the episodes, all of the episodes are poop-related puns. Oh. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> and so yeah, but it's also really sophisticated storytelling yeah. emotionally. So um, yeah, I could not recommend the show more. Wow. Okay. I didn't finish season one, and that's been one of my one of my deepest regrets so far. Oh, you I should need, go I back. Need, I need to I need to catch up on this. Uh, so mine, uh, this last weekend we had a, a limited engagement at the State Theater of this film called In the Last Days of the City. And then on Saturday we had the director, uh, T- uh, Tamer El Said. He showed up for a Q&A after the screening. And this film, one, is so – such talking to him was such an experience because he was somebody who was he was in this so this film it, it is it's a drama documentary it kind of borders the line a little bit and it's just a look at Egypt in 2009 a couple years before the Egyptian revolution uh and he filmed it in 2009 uh it's just you you see just the build up of tension in the city up mm-hmm. into the revolution but you never see the revolution because he he stopped filming. He, they finished production six weeks before the revolution happened. Wow. So you never see the revolution in the film, but you do see. You see, he was so aware of the building of tension that he captured it so perfectly and beautifully. And it really is just it's 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 a, it's, it's his love story to eat to Egypt and to wow. Cairo. It's it was very powerful. And talking to him, I mean, we that we we are politically aware in the United States. We, you, we especially in, in Ann Arbor, you get people that are extremely politically aware and are able to talk passionately about politics. But this was somebody who was he was in a re, like a a revolution. He was a part of a real revolution in Egypt, and you just you don't get that perspective in the U.S. often. And this was something that was just so was so fascinating to talk to, to talk to him and. Uh, uh, everyone who came out had great questions for him, and he gave about a 45-minute Q&A. It was something really special to watch. So why did the movie take nine years to to get released? Um, I think that he just – well, he said after – once the revolution started, that's when, that was when he was just starting to edit his film. Um, he just didn't, he couldn't touch it because there's a revolution going on right. yeah. outside. So one, he 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 they finished production and then he just put it aside for for I think a few years, and then I think the movie may have been released 2014, and he's just been touring it for the past three or four oh, years. Okay, I I thought it was a new movie. 
Uh, it is to to Americans. It is okay. Yeah, sure. So, so yeah, he's been uh, touring this film. Has been hitting festivals and uh, for about three years now. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the process of releasing a festival film is mm-hmm. much more complicated and a lot of shepherding it around places mm-hmm. for wow. years before mm-hmm. it, and it may never get a cinematic release. Mm-hmm. You know, it may only be playing like sort of one-offs like this mm-hmm. where where they directly, they contacted us mm-hmm. and said, we nice. have this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you want to show it? And we said, yes, because mm-hmm. we do think, you know, movies like this are important, but they don't always get heard and they don't always get a theatrical release. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the movie was also, uh, it's banned in Egypt. I think mm, he had sure. some, uh, some political uh, constraints with making and releasing the movie. But um, yeah, I'm, I, I hope that everyone, I'm glad that people came and saw it. I, th- I think it was a truly special moment to, s- to go to the theater and see a movie. Uh, so that is going to wrap up our episode. This was a long one. Thank you all for making it to the end. Uh, We're very chatty. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to the Ann Arbor District Library for letting us come by and take up their space uh, every week. Uh, visit their website, aadl.org. Uh, you can come by their the any of their branches and pick up the movies that we've talked about here uh thank you all for both of you for coming out joining me once again thank you all for listening keep watching movies email us at btmpod at gmail.com and i will wait we have a a dedicated email address now yes i made i I made i made an email a a special email address just for this podcast that's so great btmpod at gmail.com because we're going to be doing this weekly now in case you haven't uh, noticed uh, that we've been showing up in your feed more recently uh, or more often than than usual i've noticed because nikki's been like say will you come on the podcast and i'm like didn't we just do this Yes, btmpod at gmail.com. I'm going to plug it one more time. Thank you all for listening. Keep watching movies, as I said. And thank you for joining us behind the marquee.